Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pathways to Business Success podcast series that teaches insight and knowledge about the spectrum of the business world. My name is Ihab Tabara, and I'll be your host. I'm a retail consultant with over 20 years of experience and holding an MBA from London Business School. Today, I have the pleasure of having with me our amazing guest speaker, Siral Sufi, managing partner of Ideas Bureau Executive Search Firm. We will be talking about career-related topics. Please, Siral, can you introduce yourself to our audience and tell us a bit about your background and history? Hi, Ihab. Thank you very much for having me here today. It's uh, hopefully going to be a very exciting discussion. Um, so a little bit about myself. Um, I think that I was sort of a natural connector, and that's how I've ended up in the seat that I am today. Um, from a very young age, I found myself sort of introducing people to each other. Um, I feel like Nokia stole my personal tagline, <laughs> connecting people. <laughs> it should have been reserved for me. And, uh, and so I, you know, I, I found myself um, leaving college and I was a bit unsure what I wanted to do. I opened the newspaper one day and I noticed that there was a massive shortage of nurses in the UK in the NHS system. And that triggered a thought. Um, I contacted my dad, who was uh, a doctor here in Saudi Arabia, and I said, I'm coming to Saudi. I need to hire some nurses. And he thought it was very whimsical, but of course it wasn't. And that's uh, where the journey started. And about two or three years later, I chose to kind of move back to the Middle East. I saw that there was a lot happening here, um, tons of opportunity, first mover advantage. And so I packed up my bags in London, um, got on a plane and came to Saudi. <laughs> and, uh, and upon arriving, I again sort of, you know, witnessed an, a, a, a gap and an opportunity. Um, it was in the space of women's recruitment. So, you know, there was a lot of gender segregation at the time. And I thought, well, you know, how do women find jobs in this marketplace? You know, I was, I was suffering the same thing at the time I arrived here and I was like I you know want to find a job but where and how um, and in an effort to try to solve that problem I decided to establish a company that would be able to help women find work in the workplace uh, it was a shy bit too early back in 2005 I think the momentum uh, and the willingness was certainly there However, mm -hmm. it was just not, you know, sort of viable as, as a very singular business model. Um, but at the same time, there was no one really else on the ground here. And even till today, you know, we're one of the only executive search firms that operate with a headquarters out of Riyadh, the capital. Uh, many of our, you know, are still in the UK or shores farther afield. Uh, so, so, you know, we, we went into a gender neutral mode and it was no longer just female recruitment, but recruitment in executive search uh, across lots of different functional levels uh, and of course industries as well. So we've been in the market with Ideas Bureau since 2007. Uh, it is a boutique agency. So we provide tailored services to both the public and the private sector entities predominantly in Saudi, but we cover the GCC and we hire from around the world. So 
the resourcing support that we provide companies that are based here in the Saudi market uh, can can come from the Saudi market itself. And of course, you know, uh, assisting and supporting the national objectives, um, but where there are needs to identify talent from farther afield, we have uh, that reach and capability. Wow. That's quite uh, very fascinating. I want to go back to this connecting people, networking. Yeah, exactly. I mean, connecting people. uh, Can you give us more bit of a deep uh, understanding of how were you good at it? So, it was it was always around business interests. You know, I'd speak to you know you 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 ask people in passing or in a conversation having when when the first time that you meet them what do you do who are you and for me my mind would always go to oh okay you're an antiques dealer by the way a friend of mine works with Sotheby's and they're doing a show and like what kind of antiques are you into oh the fake ones okay maybe not her <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know and and I would just sort of you know just connect people up um, introduce them informed introductions to see where that, you know, what, what, what it could channel. Would it channel a friendship? Great. Uh, would, it, would it allow for a fostering of a business engagement or a more in-depth subject matter discussion between two people? That was, for me, something, uh, that was a way for me to connect with people, mm-hmm. I feel. And I found uh, a purpose or a worthiness, or maybe at the time, because I was younger, um, I just thought it made me cool. I don't know. <laughs> more, more energy. <laughs> but I, but I, yeah, yeah. It was a lot of, it, it, there, yeah, it does take a little bit of energy, but it was, it was just nice to sort of see things come together. And, and that's how my brain works. Um, when I speak to people, I'm curious about where they've come from, what they've done, uh, how they've gotten, you know, how they found that passion and, and, and to support them in, in my own kind of way to, to maybe meet with somebody who's like-minded and see where that goes and what that, what that can create. Exactly. Um, so, so yeah, I think, I think that's, that's where it kind of stemmed from. I, I don't think anyone like, you know, grows up thinking that in their future, they're going to be a recruitment consultant or an advisor. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not the dreams that you have when you're younger, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's a good place to be. I think the uh, curiosity part is the starting point of, you know, being, uh, you know, extrovert or, you know, outgoing. Because if without curiosity, I don't think you'll be able to, you know, connect with people and network and ask questions and ha- try to find and help people around, right? Absolutely. And it's like, it's, 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 a, it's a double-edged sword. You know, because I have no concept of stranger danger. <laughs> I will talk to absolutely anybody. That's great. <laughs> so, you know, just meeting meeting new people is like, is is my go-to. You know, I find a lot of people that, you know, have, have anxiety or they get shy uh, in certain new situations. I'm the exact opposite. I completely thrive in, in things that are in situations that are ambiguous or unknown. Um, I'm just just sort of naturally, I guess, a curious. Wow, hat. that's a great talent that you have that you can t- teach us one day, hopefully for the, our audience. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? That can be another subject. <laughs> uh, I would like to pick up with you a couple of questions here so we can try to you know, help out the audience and the listeners. I have a few questions for you here that can, I'm going to fire out. My first question to you is, um, how can the interviewer prepare for an interview? 
what are the expectations, what are the assessment? Good question. I, I seldom get asked about the interviewer preparation. It's always about the interviewee. So I'm, so I'm glad that you've raised this subject because it's, it's, it's an area which I've, you know, we've been thinking about from a business perspective of how do we tackle it for our clients. So look, at the end of the day, uh, Ihab, an interview is an interview, mm -hmm. right? It has its confines, it has its limitations, and it has its opportunities. I think for an interviewer, it's very important right up front to define what your objectives are. What's your objective as an interviewer? What have you been asked to do um, as part of your mandate in the process and in the journey? What do you want the outcome to look like? Mm -hmm. And I think if you understand exactly what that is, you'll be able to work backwards from there to prepare your interview. Um, if I were to kind of suggest a couple of maybe pointers, I'd say, leave your judgment at the door. As an interviewer, you'll be so surprised by the richness of a conversation that you can have with someone when you cast aside any preconceived notions. And we're all, you know, we're all victims of it. We, we as an interviewer, you're getting, you're getting an insight before somebody walks through the door. You know, if, if I were interviewing mm -hmm. you today, I'm a stranger to you, but you're not a stranger to me because I've already got a copy of your CV. I have expressed an interest in, in learning more about you. So I've investigated you. So as an interviewer, you have a little bit more of a leg up than perhaps the person that you're speaking to. Um, so, you know, in, in, in context of that, I always find that when I interview people, I feel like I'm in this driving seat. And I truly believe that I'm quite misguided in that notion and in that way of thinking. You know, the person that you're looking at hiring uh, for a specific job, you know, for a job that you're interviewing for is interviewing you too. They're looking at you and they're identifying what your company culture looks like, what the leadership styles might be. And above all, like, is this organization and are you intelligent? Um, so no I would worries. always, I would say to an interviewer, don't undermine the importance of being prepared and showcasing the best of your company when uh, to, to anyone that you are actually considering to bring on board it's it's a two-way street um in addition to that okay, I think interesting understanding the role needs not just for today but how um, the role itself is designed to evolve and build your questioning and your line of questioning with that in mind to address that particular timeline you know often when we're looking at interviewing we're thinking about the immediate kind of resolve that we need? What are we looking to fill right now? Who are we looking to, you know, if it's a replacement, you're maybe connecting it to the individual that's kind of held that seat or that post before. But you all, you have to think about time and how it's going to pass and what is this position going to need to do for you, not just to address today's issues and concerns, but also those that will arrive tomorrow. Um, and from, from an interviewer perspective, I have a personal tendency. I, I'm, I'm a fan of open-ended questions that prompt the interviewee to really cite real life examples. You know, like, you know, tell me about a time when mm -hmm. X and Y happened so that the interviewee has an opportunity to kind of take you through a journey by giving you um, a full image of something that's happened and how it was tackled in order to answer that question. So it gives you a lot more to kind of like, you know, uh, walk away with. And I think lastly, 
Um, this probably sounds not so good to say it this way, but don't ask cliche questions. You know, it's so amateur. Okay, like, like what? Where do you see yourself in three to five years from now? Oh, yeah, the Please, killer question. Why? Why is that important? What is, it, what is it going to give you? And I'm going to give you a cliche answer in response. And it's not really going to fundamentally exactly. allow you to observe or understand exactly what it is that I can bring to the table as an individual who's going to join this organization and help build out True. you know, a better bottom line for you or whatever, whatever the key objectives are. So um, leave the judgment at the door, prepare good questions, know that you're representing the organization, understand the role needs, um, ask case-based questions so you can really get a sample of what someone's done and it gives you nice prompts for further, further lines of questioning um, and don't do the cliche stuff at all. It's, it's not worth it. I think, I think there's, there's, you know, I think it's something that, that interviewers tend to kind of go to when they've run out of, of, of interesting things to ask maybe. So I hope, I hope that addresses. Well, thank you so much, uh, Cyril. Yeah. I mean, thank you so much, Cyril. You really summarized the whole, uh, you know, uh, question here, understand the role needs, what are the objective, leave your, leave your judgment behind and open, uh, ask open up, uh, open-ended questions and not cliche question yes. because those yes, are the killers. Are. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be a good, good experience. You know, no matter thank what you. happens, I always tell clients that we work with, and just make sure that no matter what happens, the person that leaves this interview is excited to come to want to come and work with you. Let, le, le, let them walk away with a really good impression of you and your business, irrespective of what you think of them. Yeah, but, but let me ask you a question here, because you said that the, the candidate wants to leave with the excitement, you know, but, you know, when you go for an interview, you f you're so anxious, you're so stressed. I don't think that you'll be able to feel the happiness until you secure the job. Right. You'd be surprised at how many people we, you know, of course, because we collect feedback from from candidates that have been presented for roles. Um, sometimes we more often than not lately, we're actually part of the interview uh, panel. So we experience firsthanded mm -hmm. you know, what that what that uh, interview looks like. And the number of people that come back and say, that was a great interview. I really enjoyed speaking with that individual. Those questions were so wow, mindful. Wow, 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 wow. Um, I really felt stimulated. Uh, you know, I actually was sort of taken aback by the types of questions that I was asked. I hadn't thought about some of those things in a very long time or even ever. So you can leave very excited, even though you might have come in nervous. And I think that's the responsibility of a really good interviewer. There's no reason to put someone, they're already in a pressure cooker. So you let out a little bit of that <laughs> hot air and that steam and, and, and see where the conversation goes. True, absolutely right, absolutely right. It's uh, yeah, blow yeah. blow out yeah. some steam, right? <laughs> Just a little, but like put it back in. You know, it's 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 still supposed to be a a, a pressured environment. You've got to be you've got to be able to test somebody on their toes. Oh my God, I can't remember how many times I went for interviews and then I feel so stressed. And after that, I feel so happy, but <laughs> nothing worked out. But anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, we've all been through that. 
but but the excitement of you know feeling that you did well is so overwhelming. I know, I know. So it's great. a good feeling. You feel like a winner, and you are. But like it's kind of funny because it's like you're running a race, but you didn't know you don't know who the other competitors are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm at the first. Exactly. I'm at the last one. I don't know. <laughs> Great, thank you so much, Siraj. I will jump to my second question here. Uh, how do you see the ecosystem shifting here in Saudi Arabia for the recruitment part? Mm-hmm. I mean, especially now with the COVID nineteen. Okay. Um, so let me split this up a little bit. The country is undergoing sure. multi layers of transformation at record speeds. Right, it's a young country. It's what, like ninety years old. So it's a na- it's a super young nation. Mm-hmm. It's a super young country, and I think we often forget that when we judge the kingdom. Um, it's in the last five years we've seen it evolving at exponential rates, socially, demographically, wow. technologically, and administratively as well. Right. So I always say that. We're experiencing here in Saudi something along the lines of a silent revolution, one in which where Mm -hmm. the government and the citizen goals are actually aligned and they're just gunning forward to get it done. So that's, you know, that's the country. That's what's happening on the country level. And and it ties into uh, how I want to address this question. In answer to the question, the recruitment is fast and slow at the same time. So that's what's happening in the ecosystem. And let let me break that down a little bit further. The drive to achieve the vision goals are really compelling. And there are just a lot of moving pieces. So recruitment in and of itself as well moves at lightning speed. But as with anything that's running at such a magnanimous scale across so many different sectors, layers, environments, you know, there's so many new things. There are so many old things that are becoming new. There's so much transformation and retransformation of the transformation um, that with anything that's moving at this record speed, you need to apply checks and balances and rightly so. Um, And that's Mm -hmm. where the slowdown comes. So the speed is there, you know, move, 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 get this done. Um, The, the, uh, in, the environment and the administration in particular is, is giving the opportunity to the leaders that they have placed in their positions, both in the public and the private sector, to just you know mobilize and drive it forward. But at the same time, you've got to ensure that the checks and balances come in. And sometimes the checks and balances come in at a later stage. You know, it's like, go, 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 go. Oh, wait, hold on a second. We have to think about this. So, you know, stop. Let, let's have someone check. Uh, the situation. So I'll give you an example. You know, we'll we'll have a role. It's been approved. We start running our uh, sourcing exercise. Uh, we have you know three, five, six interviews that happen, and then suddenly it drops off the end of the world. And you're like, what happened? Is anyone really interested wow. in this? You know, in this person? You kind of needed them like day before yesterday. What's what's happening? And then you know. It, we realized that they, need, they needed to have more layers. There, there's got to be some more accountability somewhere in there. Or that, you know, the, the position was approved, but the budget might not have been uh, really been given, like, like, you know, the final approval. So 
moving pieces yeah, within, exactly. within it. Um, and so, you know, the acceleration kind of oscillates. It goes fast, 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 then a little bit slow, and then it goes fast up again because it's like, oh, we, we, wait, we, wait, we waited for two months. We really need this person on board. So let's get the offer out and let's get them in the job. And you're like, well, you know, it's been two months. So the person has maybe expressed interest for something else or maybe doesn't understand that, you know, the, the level of motivation for this role still exists at that same propensity as it did before. Um, so I think what I would say in, you know, in, in response to how to navigate this sort of changing ecosystem of recruitment at the moment is that you have to be very adaptive if, if, if you are targeting the kingdom to come and work here or if you are looking mm -hmm. to move roles within the kingdom. Um, be adaptive, be agile, but above all, be patient. You know, we're all building the bridge as we walk on it and sometimes there's a little fire. <laughs> on it too so exactly. lots of moving pieces lots of challenges tons of opportunities that you have um there's no shortage of opportunity here but but we, we i mean we, we hear a lot of you know tons of opportunities but uh, as you say like it's fast but then the decision making i think maybe it's due to the fact that the decision making process is super it's, slow it's right slow but you have to understand why it's slow right if the mechanism says yeah, go go yeah. go but you're also going to have to take as long, you know, as much as you might want the credit, you're also going to have to take the fall. You've then got to, to understand that people need to be, you know, they, they want to be held accountable for something that they're, that they're actually a part of and not be held accountable solely for one specific decision, which might land them in, in, you know, in some, in some hot water. Um, and these are big things that we're doing in the country. Some of them have never really been done to the size that they're that they're that they're doing. So you know, even when you look for the capabilities, where's you know, it's the large. Let's take Metro for instance. It's the largest single metro system to have Line. established at yes. the time that it's being done in a city that's already living and breathing with a level of complexity that 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 exists. So you know. If somebody is armed with the ability to have to make that decision, they might not necessarily be able to make the call totally by themselves, but they've been told that there's no other, there's no other choice. So we have to, we have to understand where, you know, it's not necessarily, the decision-making isn't necessarily super slow because it's intended that way, but because there's, again, moving pieces and um, lots of different elements to kind of navigate. Uh, and take into consideration. And sometimes yeah. those are only un understood in the aftermath, not at the beginning stages. You know, I used to get super frustrated when I spoke to clients and they're like, oh, let's start this work and go ahead, you know, and, and bring people on board. And then you do all of that work, you identify these great people, you want to keep them motivated, they're going through the process, and then suddenly your client comes along and says, oh, well, you know, we're going to have to delay this because of X, Y, and Z, or... Um, to be honest, you know, we didn't really have the final approval and the go ahead. And it's, it's, it's upsetting exactly. because you've done the work up front and you've, you know, you've done your part, but at the same time, you have to understand that it's not necessarily the, the messenger's fault either. And it's nobody's fault and no one really is ultimately to really blame. Um, 
we're yeah. trying to do we're really trying to do a lot at the same time and i think that you know there there's a lot to be commended um we can look at all the faults for sure but let's look at everything else that's kind of moving at the same time you know there's so much support coming from the government there are so many different entities that are trying to yep. address issues. So I know, you know, we can we can probably tangent off for a good hour on that subject. So I guess in the interest of time, I hope yeah, that, exactly. that, that kind of gives you a little bit of an insight and, and the listeners as well on what's happening with the shifting ecosystem, because it really is shifting. <laughs> we, just ha- we just need to look at, the, look at the bright side and we need to be agile, be patient Absolutely. and to be adaptive, Absolutely. right? And good and great things great. are coming. Thank you so much, Sarah. Yeah, uh, definitely good things are coming. Yes, for sure. My uh, third question to you: What advice and tips do you have to our listeners? We know who are currently looking for a job right now during this mm. COVID nineteen. Is there any advice, any guideline, any so, things to do? I think let's, you know, COVID is COVID. It's a pandemic. Yes, it's here. Yes, it means that more people are looking for jobs at the moment than others. Let's put that aside because finding a job is 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 a is a big deal in and of itself, right? You know, if you're thinking of moving from a role, or if you're think, you know, if you reassessed your career during the time that you've, um, you know, been sitting at home working from home, um, just know that you know the Earth still moves on its axis. The sun still rises, and we wake <laughs> in every single day, and we go about our days. So. Just, you know, don't let the don't let the pandemic become an excuse or um, or, or something that weighs you down. Um, mm-hmm. My advice and or not really advice, but like something that, again, one of the things that I always say, finding a job is a full time job. So finding a full time job is a full time job. It's not a diet with cheat days. Um, so, so you've got to wake up ready, ready to put in the hard work. And you have, there are so many people out there that don't want to put in the hard work. You know, we get hundreds of CVs. I get them on WhatsApp and I'm always like, it's a pet peeve. I'm like, if you're going to send me something, at least have the courtesy to introduce yourself. To, to read it over. To, to yes. you know, we'll certainly get to the reading it over part in a second. But like, you know, just, just put the context in there, think about it a little bit and, 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 and tell us what exactly it is that you're, that you're looking for. Write more than just one sentence. Hey, you know, CV attached. And so what you're, you know, who are you expecting to, to do the work for you? You have to do the work yourself. Um, so on the advice side, every conversation is an opportunity that you can seize. Um, Exactly true. Yeah, you know, true. I agree totally. Agree. You and I met under uh, certain circumstances, and look at you know we're here today. So that was an opportunity that you seized in in the aftermath of our meeting, and said, "Oh well, you know, this is somebody that I can invite to speak on this particular subject." Um, so a lot of the times, you know, you have very vacant conversations. Make them meaningful. Uh, look in unassuming places. So the World Wide Web. Is, is a huge world, but it can be a very, very narrow one too. So on a platform like LinkedIn, you can apply for jobs. And I will mm-hmm. tell you right now that you will get a 1% response rate. Because even as people who are wow. on there, we, as recruiters, we post jobs, 
we do look at the responses, but it's a sea of, of fluff and just matter a lot of the times. So you have to be, you know, you have to be mindful about if you really are right for the role, find another inroad than just blindly applying and not really following through with, with, with anything else. So people leave jobs and that creates a vacuum, which could be an opportunity for you. So let's say that you know you're you're a retail consultant mm. and you see that a retail e-commerce director has recently advertised that they've left their post and they're you know they're getting accolades of congratulations on LinkedIn. Look at where they've just left. Maybe that post has not been filled. Yeah. And that gives you a first mover advantage that other people are not thinking of. Track your wow. application progress and your process. You know, once you've applied to something, reach out to follow up. Record when you reached out to follow up. I always, you know, I tell job seekers, I'm like, become friends with an Excel spreadsheet. It will do you a world of wonders. It's like, it's like managing a sales tracker. You know, if you're in sales, you have a pipeline of opportunity. Some of it's hot. Of course, some of of, it's yeah, cold. exactly. Do the same thing. Have a, have a sales tracker for your job search. Because if you have periodic touch points Absolutely. with the people that you have reached out to, rather than you know coming across as a nuisance, you actually do come across as a consummate professional. And without you realizing, you're actually being positively judged for that um, ambitious and, and thoughtful uh, reach out. So, you know, track it. Uh, and, and like you said earlier on, like you read your CV, read your CV, look at it and ask yourself the question, like, would this make me want to meet me? You know, because if it doesn't read well, then you're not, don't expect a phone call from somebody else. And I always say like, um, oh God, I always say a lot of things, right? <laughs> so your CV is your most valuable piece of real estate. You have a roof over your head and exactly. you've paid a certain value for it. Your CV is your personal real estate. Be mindful of what you put wow. in there and be very, very um, conscious of what you write on your CV. Don't put irrelevant, like, you know, headlines and objectives. My objective is to work for you. Why? I'm a stranger. Why do you want to work for me? You know, make it sort of a compelling read so that when somebody picks up your profile, there's a hunger to want to dial the number and speak to you and actually request a meet, an in-person meeting. Absolutely. Um, and, and a lot of times people forget that. Well, they, you know, they shun the responsibility, um, especially when they're dealing with agencies or maybe even if they were dealing with their own personal network. Um, yeah, so, so again, a lot to unpackage there, but, uh, but I hope that's, I hope that's good. Yeah, but a lot of great tips. Yeah, I mean, a lot of great tips. I want to go back to one point about, you know, finding a, jo uh, finding a job is a full-time job. And you said that uh, it's a hard work and people don't want to invest in it. I think here, it's not that people don't want to invest in it. I think people don't know how to build their personal brand. So that's an opportunity for someone like an agency to, you know, have like a personal brand builder. So it's a new niche market for you guys if you want. But really, Absolutely. trust me. Uh, people don't know how to do it. I mean, I struggled the last two years of building my own brand, which took me a lot of time, but I, I put in the time to learn and how to do it. 
And I guess I came out quite sure, good. Right. But uh, really, it's a, it's a difficult job. It's a difficult job and people don't know how to do it. They need a help. They need a mentor. They need a coach to guide them through the steps to do it. It is. And I think, you know, humility is really important. Like you said, you know, often you don't know, um, but you also stop yourself from asking for the help. Or ask or seek the advice. Exactly that. Too, too ashamed to ask. Too ashamed to ask, ask for ask for, for help. Direction. You know, it's not nothing ask to be ashamed of. If you don't know where you're going, just ask for directions. And somebody might not be able to get you to um, the, the 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 final destination, but they should be able to guide you on on what are the roads best to take. So yeah. Exactly. So thank you so much, Cyril. Uh, we are running out of time. It was, uh, I mean, I would love to talk more, but uh, we'll do it again. our time is up. I'll try to summarize. Uh, I'll try to summarize a bit here for our audience and give a couple of key, uh, key takeaways. Uh, just prepare yourself. Be curious. Uh, set your objectives. Understand the role needs, and uh, you know, have some meaningful conversation. This is really important, to be frank. I mean, any conversation can have a real meaning and it can lead but to some absolutely. other Absolutely. And I think one last thing, which I think you've been uh, throughout this session, so I really appreciate it, an inquisitive and an active listener. All too often, people are ready to answer yes. questions, but they're not actually listening to the answer, to the question itself. So I really enjoyed the fact that you've picked up on some of the nuances of what we spoke about and we've gone back and talked about it again. So be an active listener, be inquisitive, think analytically, bring a great attitude to the table and always have a thirst for learning and, and you will be fine in life. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure talking to you and Bye. we'll talk more again. So I'm going to close up. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. And thanks to our listeners for being here. Stay tuned and subscribe to our next Pathways to Business Success podcast series. And I look forward to speaking to you. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Pathways to Business Success podcast. It has been a pleasure to have you and I hope you have enjoyed our episode. If you'd like to listen more to our experts, interview and amazing speakers, please subscribe and come and find us on www.dspectrum.co.com.